Welcome to a belated issue of Conversation on Tap. So this is an episode that uh, Joel and I recorded about two months ago, uh, right before Thanksgiving. Uh, and I've been so busy, I have not had time to record or to edit. But uh, with everything going on, we decided to release this episode. And uh, in the next couple of days, we will release a brand spanking new episode conversation on tap. Enjoy. Okay. Oh, actually, you know what? I should get you to do this because it's been a minute. Welcome to Conversation on Tap, a podcast that seeks to promote intelligent dialogue in an age of echo chambers and self-segregation. Pull up a stool, pour a glass of tasty beer, and join us each week as we talk about all the topics that you were told not to discuss in polite company. My name is Joel. And my name is Jose. And so this week, we're going to catch up on our lives and talk a little bit about the recent election. But first, Joel, let's talk about what we have on tap. All right. Um, You are drinking something we've had before. Uh, my wife gave me some beer for my birthday. What is that called again? What's the maker? This is Belching Beaver by, uh, oh, it's Belching Beaver Brewery. It's the Peanut Butter Milk Stout. Great beer. And I am drinking another birthday gift. Einger, and it's in German, so. Jarundert beer. What's the old joke? Can you say that in, in the original German? or? <laughs> <laughs> no, I cannot. Yeah, so uh, it's a... Um, it doesn't even say it's a Bavarian lager. Okay. Bavarian. Yeah. I haven't had beer in a while. I think, um, I've been slacking on my alcohol intake. I've been drinking more white claws. What is white claws? White claw is basically a seltzer alcohol. I think I have had that recently and yes, that's the big trend right now. Yeah, it is a trend. Uh, it's okay. I like the... Like the watermelon and the mango flavors. Nice. I definitely feel like kind of like a frat douchebag sometimes drinking it. Because it's like the cool thing that all the young people are drinking. Yeah. If it tastes good, it is good. So Louis Armstrong once said in a different way. Yes, I don't agree with that. Just drink it. Love it. I've totally stopped drinking beer. Not because I don't love it, but because my gut is... Just wait, Jose. Your gut will definitely hate you as you drink more and more alcohol and you... You're in the 50s. Uh. (laughs) And now for the segment of our show that we call Fred Talks. In this segment of our show, Joel and I will each share one thing that we are passionate about for two minutes, though, we tend to be chatterboxes, so that isn't a strict time limit. Uh, this week, I will discuss the recent McCarrick report. Have you heard of this in the news, Joel? Oh, yeah. I was really hoping you'd address this. Yeah. So just for context for the listeners, in the summer of 2018, the summer of scandal, as it's called, uh, reports emerged that then-Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, or Uncle Teddy, as he's called, had engaged in sexual, I know. Ouch. Yeah. Had engaged in sexual abuse of minors and seminarians. And Pope Francis then forced him to resign from the College of Cardinals. And that's the first time that's happened 
at least in recent memory. And then he had him laicized, in other words, defrocked. Well, around that time, the former nuncio to the United States, Archbishop Vicano, who is a celebrity on the alt-right, he's also a huge MAGA Trump supporter, and uh, he's also a huge supporter of uh, QAnon. Oh my gosh. Yes. So he, at the time, came out and said that uh, Pope Francis was complicit and Pope Francis should resign. It was a big old controversy. And basically, the Vatican then undertook a a two-year project to come up with a report to explain or to give a response to uh, Vigano and to explain how it was that McCarrick could rise through the ranks of the hierarchy of the church. And it, it was released November 10th. Some people were suspicious of the timing because it came out right after the U.S. election. So they thought, well, maybe they were trying to bury the story in the wave of all the election drama. Which is impossible because it's been so drawn out that there's a lot that can fill in the gaps. True. So it it was released November 10th, and I I don't want to go over all of it, but basically you see McCarrick being very charismatic, very charming, and he was friends with all these people in high places, including Pope John Paul. Now, the report does put more of the onus or the the blame, if you will, on Pope John Paul II, who's now a saint, um, according to the church. Because it was it was Pope John Paul who elevated him to a cardinal, right? Over the objections of other people. But isn't the allegation that he actually knew specifics of the uh, of the abuse or not? Yes. Yeah, so, it, well, I guess that's where we, we come to semantics. He knew rumors ah. existed, and he had heard warnings. Yeah. There were also anonymous complaints, and so since they were anonymous, they were dismissed. Yeah. Pope John Paul was friends with McCarrick, and McCarrick assured him that no, these were all untrue, false. And then Pope John Paul also had the experience of being someone who lived in communist Poland, and the communists would make accusations against priests to discredit them. So he had kind of loyalty to McCarrick, friendly with McCarrick. He had previous life experience that I think made it to where he was inclined to believe that these rumors were not true. Yeah. And of course, those were those days, and nowadays we just automatically just open an investigation right away. Exactly. Well, then Pope Benedict comes along. He thinks, oh, well, Pope John Paul investigated these rumors. Must not be true. But he continued to hear things like, well, McCarrick is sleeping in beds with seminarians at a beach house. Now, there's nothing illegal about that. That would be defrockable. Uh, that would be a defrockable offense or not? You know more about that than me. I don't, I don't know. It, it would depend on the case, I'd imagine. Okay. But Pope Benedict basically heard these rumors and said, okay, dude, you need to like re- retire and lay low. Yeah. Well, McCarrick retired, but he didn't lay low. He continued to travel, fundraise, he even celebrated masses with Benedict. And so then when Pope Francis took over, he's like, well, here's McCarrick. He's served under... John Paul, Benedict, I trust that those two did their due diligence, so I'll just continue let him, I'll just continue to let him travel and do his thing. Yeah. But it wasn't until 2018 when actual allegations came out to be credible and true that Pope Francis swiftly kicked him out of the Cardinals, you know, laicized him. But you can see there's a pattern of just trusting that yes. the system was working. Yes, exactly. Interesting. I mean, that's gone on in laity and in the church. I mean, that's yeah. Harvey Weinstein too, right? Everybody 
who was a friend of his, just trusted him. Yep. And I hate to say this because I was in Boy Scouts, but Boy Scouts, they're going to be bankrupt. Yeah, that's happening right now, right? They have hundreds of thousands of cases. Yeah. Yeah. How do you sort that out? My goodness. Yeah. and Which is funny because growing up, I used to love watching... uh, One of my favorite skits was Alec Baldwin... (laughs) And Adam Sandler, Canteen Boy. I've never seen oh. that. I watched a fair bit of Saturday Night Live. But it, was, it was basically just about like the old scoutmaster. And like, was he gay? Or was he uh, abusing kids? Yeah, yeah. Alec really? Baldwin was the scoutmaster <laughs> oh, abusing man. Adam Sandler, the little oh, boy scout. Wow. I'm sorry, Canteen Boy. My, my beard is scratchy, isn't it? <laughs> no harm done. My beard is scratchy, canteen boy, but it gives good back rubs. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. I- I'll take a rain check on that, Mr. Armstrong. So it was semi-open yeah. back then. About how many years ago was that? That, that was in the 90s. Oh, 90s. Okay, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's classic. So that's it's just amazing to see how many different organizations have fallen. It's shocking. And I think that goes towards our politics, actually, because people just don't trust any institutions anymore. None. Yeah. Even our religious and yep. time-honored Boy Scouts. Yep. Just, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. When, um, when Tom Hanks goes... Then I'm really good. <laughs> yeah. If Tom Hanks goes, I'm out of here, man. <laughs> I'm just going to call it quits. Well, that's like whenever, you know, we heard in the news that Tom Hanks had COVID. Oh, yeah. I was like, we're doomed. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> we're all going to die. Tom Hanks got COVID. All right, Joel, what do you, what, what do you, what do you have for us? All right, mine's going to be just a really short, typical, educational, interesting facts. Uh, scientists have discovered a new organ, Jose. We, in today's world that we can actually discover new organs in our own bodies. <laughs> they always talk about, oh, we know way more about our solar system than we do about underneath the surface of the ocean. But we know, we thought we knew tons about our own bodies, but we discovered an organ behind our noses. It's a new salivary gland. I thought that was just classic. That we, I mean, people are always saying, yeah, there's nothing left to discover. Well, there is. And that proves it. And then the other, ish, the other um, fact that I loved is that supposedly, according to some organizations, we are at peak child. And that in maybe 30 or 40 years, our population is going to go down. I mean, you hear a lot of population alarmists say that our world is going to go to pieces because of overpopulation. I think there's at least uh, as big a danger that our our world is going to hurt, not go to pieces, but hurt badly because of depopulation. And But anyway, we might be right now, or a couple years back, at peak child, which is interesting. And, you know, European countries have had this issue for several years, and they're like billboards begging people to have sex and have kids. And it's so funny. China's dealing with their, you know, their two-child policy. And uh, I don't know. Demographics is that gigantic, slowly moving vessel that can crash into you and is maybe more important than anything that we, you know, worry about. But um, there are definite positives, though, to um, a population that does go down. So there's positives and negatives to everything. That's mine. Yeah, no, it's super interesting because in Europe, as you mentioned, for whatever reason, they're not keeping up with... Yeah, having children. And so the the far right kind of extremist elements of Europe, similar here to this country, 
they're freaking out because all these immigrants, these Muslims are right. coming and they're having tons of kids. Right, right. And that's just uh, that just flows from their education level. Of course, we know that all populations, as soon as the, and it's the female, if the female is educated, they almost entirely across the board throughout the world have less kids. And so as they move to cities and become more educated, they will definitely have less kids. That's for sure. It's such a great conversation. Yeah, that should be a topic in the future, I think. Yeah, interesting stuff. Okay, for this next topic, our main topic, uh, this time we would like to just to first of all start with what's been going on in our lives. Um, it's been very difficult with COVID to have our usual talks. And Jose, what's going on with you? Yeah, it's been crazy. So, uh, you know, when, when COVID first hit, we continued the podcast for a while. And then I did the podcast over summer with some guests. But then really once... Um, yeah, once we came back to work, it was really difficult because, you know, as you are well aware, there's so much for us to do at work. Just teaching during a, a pandemic on Zoom is basically impossible. Yeah, it's no fun. No. And so it's just been that. And then, you know, my house caught on fire. <laughs> caught on fire. All right, tell us about that. What the heck? Yeah. So basically, we had cameras installed at our home. Because we have a neighbor who's a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And so our landlord hired an electrician to install cameras. And so the guy came out, he installed the cameras. And shortly after he left, our house started to have like a brownout throughout the house. So it was like power would surge in one area of the house and then surge in another. And so my wife called the landlord over. And the landlord was concerned about what she was seeing it was like a ghost like an electrical ghost going around the house and so they went out to look in the back and there was a tree trimmer at the other house behind ours who was cutting trees and the branches were swaying and hitting the wires oh my goodness and i guess they knocked the wire loose i guess it's a ground wire i'm not I'm an electrician yeah. but basically the wire that they knocked loose is the one where the power leaves your home yeah, maybe into the ground or, or back or to the back up to system. the okay, yeah. system. It's like a circuit, like power comes in mm-hmm. and then power goes out. Right. Um, I'm not an expert, so don't don't I'm email me. Even though we've gone through <laughs> the same issues, yeah. So the electricity then couldn't leave the house. It was looking for a place to go because it couldn't leave, and then it just found our bedroom oh outlet, God. blew up our surge protector. Now, mind you, our landlord called our electrician to come back. She's like, I don't know what you did. Thinking that it was his fault that this was happening, he's like, "It's not my fault, but I'll come back and check." So he was on his way back. I literally walked in the door from work, and I see my landlord and my wife Christina dealing with this. And like, literally, like within two minutes, I thought I smelled smoke. The fire alarm went off. I ran and grabbed the fire extinguisher, put the fire out. House was full of black smoke. How symbolic you put the fire out in a year of putting fires out. Right. I mean, not just with that, but wow. In general. But you're the hero. Did you feel heroic? I did not. I felt you saved your family. I felt inadequate. <laughs> Why? Because a fire is so powerful and just I don't know, elemental. Yeah. And just a frail human being. So I did put the fire out and 
the landlord called the fire department. They were out. The, the electrician showed up as the fire department showed up. Need they have come out or was it just overkill? What do you mean? Would, would it have been fine if they didn't come out? Or Well, I'm glad they came because they just to be they sure checked they the attic. They checked the walls, oh, yeah. made sure there right. wasn't you know additional fires. Yeah. But oh, it, to me, it was just very providential. Like I had just walked in. Oh. There's the fire. Like if I had not come. Yeah. Home? Like, I don't know how. Are gone. there escape routes that, I mean, you have a baby, two more well, babies in the house? or just- Okay, so that's the other thing, too, is Frankie was in the backyard in the pool mm-hmm. with Christina's mom. Christina's okay. mom had come to visit, and they went outside, and Frankie was with my mother in law playing in the pool. Okay. So it was like kids in the pool with the mother in law, landlord's there, electrician is on his way back. I walk in, put the fire out. Just just all these things yeah. just fell into place perfectly. Now tell me. In a disaster. You do have a full fire plan that you and your family practice once a month, leaving the house and, and making sure that you've written this out for any guests and stuff. And you go over this with your guests when they come over, right? Oh, it's required. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, no. You, you see these public service announcements where people are expected to have this full on plan. And what a joke. Yeah, no, there's no plan. I think everyone assumes, well, that's not going to happen to me. Yeah, I know. We have this two-story house, and I always think, man, I better just at least have some rope ladders by the windows in the back, you know, or in the top. That's a good That's idea, good. actually. Now, would you please share the your chase uh, incidents? This is classic. Yeah. And, so- and, and this is just – this is indicative of – you've had a lot of crap happen to you lately. Yeah, 2020 has sucked. <laughs> it's not, not been very happy yet. So we had professional development on Zoom for work. And it was our lunch break, so I went to Taco Bell. And on my way home, I'm driving past a lady, long story short, who was on her phone. And as I passed her, the lane merges into one, and she fell behind me. And because she was on her phone, when I stopped at the red light, she rear-ended me. Man. I was so pissed. Because I saw she was on her phone when I passed. Yeah. And of course, she rear-ended me. Um, That was one thing. But then I pull over, because that's what you do. Right? You pull over, you exchange information, etc. No, this decides she's gonna go. So she jams. I'm like, oh hail to the mom. Definitely raise my temperature. I chased her for quite a while. (laughs) We were going fast. I love it. She was like darting down San Francisco. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Sailing through the air, going on bumps. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, in San Francisco, all our dips. Oh yeah. We were definitely bottoming out. So she would put the turn signal on for, you know, to indicate that she's going left, but then she would <laughs> hard right. Gotcha with my turn signal. Oh, shoot. I went the wrong oh, no. way. I, I saw that turn signal. I didn't see you turn the other way. <laughs> so cartoonish. That's so cartoonish. Funny. So I ended up was like, I'm not going to chase this chick anymore. So yeah. I got my phone out, took a picture of her license. <gasps> you Used your phone while driving? <laughs> it's so ironic. It's the phone that caused the accident, yeah, but it's well, also no. the phone that brought about justice. Yeah, yeah I'm joking. <laughs> you have to do that. But then she went down some alley, and I was like, oh, now I'm definitely not chasing her. No. Heck no. So then I'm like, okay, well, now I need to call the police, file a report. And as I'm driving home, crossing the intersection, there is a police officer. So I pull into the liquor store parking lot what liquor store is that my favorite in town where we all made up sandwiches get their oak when we are so cheap we don't want to buy a whole court court or quarter code yeah i'm sorry but no that's that that's where i went and uh 
and jumped out of my car and waved the cop down. So he pulled over and gave him the whole rundown. I had I emailed him the picture of the of the car, gave my description of the of the perpetrator. And you can only hope that they actually follow through. I know they're busy, and so they did. Awesome. So a week ago, I got out of the shower and they knocked on the door, and they had a whole lineup of people who looked just like this woman. Nice. And I was like, "Yep, it's her. I'm 95 percent sure." Nice. And uh, were you correct, or they can't tell you? Maybe? They can't tell me, yeah. but I'm like I said, I'm probably 100 percent sure. But I said 95 percent because they all looked the same. Yeah. I was like, yeah. "You guys did a really good job with this lineup." Yeah. <laughs> they all looked the same. Oh, wow. What if it was the same? <laughs> <laughs> Different poses. Oh, well, I hope that if they, they actually, uh, I know it's just a misdemeanor and get the money out of her. And I hope that she, her, her license is suspended. That's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It's a I hit mean, and run. Yeah, that's horrible. It's just, we, you found out that it's a misdemeanor, right? So, yeah. But I don't want that to be a felony. We don't need to crowd our jails with people who hit, hit and run. But, I mean, that's got to be a pretty, pretty gnarly fine, I hope. I hope so. But that was my that was my crazy few months here. And it, and it took forever for the house to get fixed. And then we were all crammed into our baby's room, mm. which is smaller than our master room, master oh. bedroom. So there's that. And then my car, thankfully, wasn't really damaged. It was a surprise. I got out to look at it and the car had minimal damage. Mm. So that was good. It's just been a lot to deal with. Plus oh. distance teaching. Yeah. So it's nerve wracking. You know, I, I did some episodes without you, sadly. One of them I really wanted you to be there for um, on QAnon. Well, I have to apologize, but I'll tell everybody why I wasn't here the whole yeah. summer. Go ahead. Well, what well, was well, this on? I, I, I generally don't listen to podcasts. I'm sorry. I don't even know. No. It's, oh, so, um, you know, I had David Lafferty on. He is um, a conspiracy theorist expert. Oh, yes. And I would love for him to come back on oh. and maybe we could... Do um do like a whole episode on conspiracy theories. Did he talk about QAnon? I'm we, fascinated we by QAnon. QAnon and its its stranglehold on certain populations. We talked about QAnon. We talked about how um, he he talked about how you know there's this whole idea that Hillary Clinton and you know Hollywood celebrities and other politicians are you know they're harvesting the organs of yeah. children and they're drinking adrenochrome and man we are living in crazy times. They are strange. Very, I mean, by all outwardly signs, very respectable people who believe in this. Yeah. We are in crazy times, Jose. Crazy a times. boatload of people, turns out. Man, and they all love Trump. But see, that's why I, we have to have him back. Because there's, there's more I'm sure we could get out of him. He's super knowledgeable. He's literally an expert on this. Yeah. Subject. And you know what I'm going to ask him is I'm going to say, hey, to what extent are we as educators complicit in this? Because uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I can't uh, give us no faults on, on this. I mean, For we have sure. to do a better job in education of getting people to follow evidence and science. Oh, uh, man. So you missed that, but yeah. what were you doing? So early in, late in our last year, when really nothing was happening, um, we decided just to do the craziest things, literally the craziest thing we've ever done in our lives, which is to totally remodel our house, not our entire house, but a section of it where we turn a bathroom and a half and a hallway and a closet into two bathrooms. My wife and I have a master bath, uh, bedroom that has only a, a half bath. And so we want to make that a full bath and take this useless uh, short hallway and a closet there into uh, the other bath. 
And we are not construction people. We're not, uh, we've never remodeled to this extent. We've done painting and, and stuff like that. But I just got this bug up my butt. I have all this time. I can't go anywhere last summer at all. We were totally planning on going to Hawaii like we always do. And we couldn't, of course. And so we just went into it. And man, that was, it's, it's turned out to be awesome, but it was so much work because we got into the weeds and found out oh my gosh once you open up this wall you have to you 10 other things uh come down on your head and you realize oh my gosh you have to fix this 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 and this now we spent hours and hours under our house fixing old plumbing and getting rid of bad pipes we learned tons on framing you know new walls and and um, plumbing and my son who he's actually a pretty good electrician speaking of electricity he is at Berkeley um, in their EECC EECS program which is elect uh, electrical engineer and he actually did all the electric for the remodeling which we were really stunning wow. he, he did a great job my sons and I, my older sons, two sons, did the plumbing and the um, the framing, and we have now two. Have you seen it yet? Okay. I haven't even seen oh it. Oh my gosh! So after this, show, yes, let's I'll go totally look. show you after this. Um, we have two new bathrooms, and they look pretty darn good, I must say. I'm super happy. They're not entirely done. There's a few cosmetic stuff that I need to do because we just we just hit a wall. We hit yeah. a major wall, and and we're gonna get it done now. We have Thanksgiving um, break, so I literally worked. Seven days a week, mm -hmm. many days, ten hours a day, and and that's just because I knew nada. I just knew nothing. I had to look. I learned everything on, and my sons and my wife, we learned everything on YouTube, wow. and we did a full-on house remodel based on YouTube. It's crazy, but it turned out okay. That's amazing. This yeah. YouTube tutorials. Ah, I, it's a new world. It's a beautiful world. I mean, people out there. You don't need school. I shouldn't say that as a teacher, but you can learn so much on your own, especially how-to stuff. That's amazing. But it also, I think, brought you guys together. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was so wonderful having my sons here. They couldn't go anywhere. They would normally have been doing internships or you know, moving on in their lives. They were, uh, one is out of college and the other two are in college. And that, of course, stopped. And so, man, it was so wonderful having them here and working with them in everything the whole time. And, man, you can get a boatload done when you have three, you know, a young adult boys, a very happily, um, a very happy-to-work wife and, and, and me. I mean, I was... <laughs> I, I was the least of, of the helpers of all of this. So, yeah, it was yeah, that was the best part of it all. I, I follow your uh, your wife, Krista, on Instagram. So I've seen how you you guys have been traveling. You went to San Francisco and you were down in L.A. recently? Or? Yeah, we finally got to see our sons in college, went to, up north, and we have electric bikes. And we are now serious electric bikers. So we bring them everywhere. We got this great bike racks, and San Francisco and L.A. are such great uh, locations for biking around. The thing about electric bikes is you can go easily, you know, 50, 60 miles, where if we, at our age, my wife and I would probably be able to go 20 miles and, and, you know, maybe 30 at the most. But we couldn't cover serious miles and see a ton, and um, we took our sons with us, my um Middle son in LA, UCLA, my uh, youngest son at Berkeley, and just had a great time with them. So, yeah, oh, it was so nice to see them. 
That's cool. We are so lucky to be living in the middle of two of the great world cities. I just love LA and San Francisco. Yeah, it's like three, three and a half hours either direction, right? Yep. It's two hours and 22 minutes to UCLA, Mm -hmm. and it's four hours and 20 minutes, which is perfect, right? Symbolically to get to Berkeley from there. (laughs) That's awesome. 420 to Berkeley. (laughs) That is very perfect. (laughs) That's funny. So, yeah. So, and then how's distance teaching going for you? How's that? It sucks. Yeah. And we both uh, have talked about this. There are teachers, I mean, there are people marching in the streets to ask for schools to come back. And it seems like they are mad at teachers. Like they think we don't want to come back. And I want everyone to know there are very, very few teachers who aren't chomping at the bit to get back. We cannot stand this. We just don't want to die. Yeah. That's the only thing. It's a different thing if it's just the flu, but people die from this. So, people, if you think that teachers like this, you are wrong. I think you're right. That's that's what I'm hearing from people. And there are some teachers, because I have a, I have a lot of teacher friends on social media, but there's a perception out there that, the reason why kids aren't coming back is because teachers are just kicking back. We're just chilling. We're lazy. Oh, gosh. We love distance teaching because it's less work. Ugh, never no. worked so hard. This is the hardest, yeah, I've ever worked. And it, it's bad for the brain and the eyes because it's just in front of a screen, zooming all day. And there's a yeah. lot of stuff. Our district, I don't know about other districts, but our district is piling just all kinds of stuff on top of it. Yeah, our district has decided to basically do the worst job. Oh, it's just been super infuriating. <laughs> and I, I don't want to call anyone out, but uh, yeah, it, it's the school board, it's the superintendent, it's the people who work there. You know, they have all these grand ideas about how they're going to bring change and make things so wonderful. But all they're doing is making making and, us have to do a lot more work. And to be fair, a lot of it is coming down from the state, but the way our district is interpreting what the state expects yeah. um, is, is the wrong approach. So That's it right there. The state has expectations. Then the way crap, they, yeah. yeah, but the way the, dis, the way the district implements it is just insane. Yeah. So I feel like I have so much more work to do and so little time to do it in yep. because it's, our time is filled with teaching. Yeah. And it's like, when do I have time to do all this paperwork, to do all the bureaucratic work? To make the phone calls home, to fill out the forms we're supposed to fill out. Uh, Take all the, do all the attendance and engagement codes. Let alone grade and come up with awesome lessons. You yeah. know? And we have to learn all this new technology to use. In these. It's just tough for teachers right now. We don't like yeah. it, people. No, it's, it's not great. And I, for me, and I know you too, Joel, I love... Oh. making relationships with students yes. and it's so much harder oh man i mean we miss the kids so bad and we were just saying how that's the only thing that's keeping us going right now just the you know, minuscule relationships we can make online it's much harder but we get a little bit out of that mm-hmm. and thank goodness because that's the only thing keeping me going the kids are awesome yeah that's the easiest part of my day yeah is dealing with the kids and then it's yeah. like okay now I have all this other bureaucratic nonsense to deal with. But we would be remiss if we didn't say the kids are not doing work. Oh, yeah. They are, uh, and I guess it's to be expected, but, uh, I mean, our, m- m- generally at El Camino, we already, we already had a big problem with students not doing their homework. Well, it's, for me, it's at least doubled. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but it's tough to get them motivated. 
yeah, they're not motivated. So uh, this is parent conference week and that's the number one conversation I'm having with parents is your child isn't motivated. They're either absent all the time or when they come, their camera's off. I have to scold them to turn it back on. And then when I see them, I just see the tippy top of their heads. Now, just as an aside, because I know there might be some people out there saying like, don't make the kids turn their cameras on. No. The kids need to have their cameras on so I know they're there. Otherwise, they'll leave. They really will. They're they're eighth graders and seventh graders. Yes. I literally have students who they'll turn their cameras off when I'm doing a lesson, when I share my screen. I uh, turn the share screen off. The lesson's over. I'm like, bye, everyone. Bye. Have a great day. And then it's down to two people with their cameras off. And I'm like, hello. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. We are slowly, though, gaining strategies for turning our cameras back on and you know we've got all these huge strategies for giving them participation points and when they're not there dinging them yep and it's so sad though that it has to be all this extrinsic motivation we just wish that and it's unrealistic and it's too idealistic but that these kids would just want it on their own without having all these uh these you know carrots and sticks i had a parent tell me that her husband basically took the kids ps5 away beautiful and the student still isn't doing it he's just like wow okay wow because that is something that we keep on begging parents to do what your kid has done no assignments this entire trimester and he still has his phone do you not know as a parent that's your biggest weapon as a parent i mean and yeah it's 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 mind it's it's just tough yeah so it's it's not ideal but we don't want to get covid (laughs) that kid definitely does not want to do his homework uh, yeah, we don't want to get COVID and the stakes are too high. I think that when people talk about bringing uh, us all back, they don't understand the stakes. And it's not us if we're young. It's us bringing it back to the people at our house. <laughs> right? Know? It's it's not us generally. Teachers are pretty young on average. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point because it's – and it's not just us either. It's the kids. Yeah. So another kid could bring it communicate it to another student who goes home and then his abuela, abuelo, tia, tio, they get it. Yeah. And And then they're dead. They're also living in much higher density housing than is, you know, is normal in, in a, in a higher socioeconomic town. Mm -hmm. So we've got that. And then in Santa Maria will be the last open because we have the highest incidences or incidents uh, because of that, because they're living in high density uh, situations. Yeah. And so Santa Barbara's already opening up in some cases, but we'll be the last. Yeah, and I'm, I'm seeing, you know, parent groups standing on the corner with their signs and complaining. And I, you know, some students have even protested at the high school. And I'm, yeah. it's good to see people engaging civically. Yeah. I'm glad to see that. But I at the same too. time, it's like, come on, people. Let's, you what, know, do you, what do you want? Use common sense. Show us how it can happen. Maybe you got a plan that I haven't thought of, but man, right. I don't know. And I can't stand the idea, to be honest, of some kind of hybrid system no. where we're teaching half of our kids and then also at the same time doing a Zoom. Like, what's the point? That's going to be miserable. Yeah. My sister's doing that in Orange County and it sounds miserable. So yeah, you'll have, I'll have half the class in person, the other half on Zoom with the Zoom on with kids in the room. Right. So How you is can't that? use all these great Zoom strategies because you have to use the strategies that we have for classroom. Zoom strategies and and in-person classroom teaching are totally different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, I don't know how we're going to combine the two. Yeah, it's like, okay, kids, we're going to do a skit. 
all of you on Zoom, <laughs> do a flip grid. <laughs> do a skit in a breakout room. Yeah. And go. Yeah. I don't, oh, I don't know how it's going to work. Yeah. It's not cool. No, it's tough. Today we got news, or yesterday, that the second uh, vaccine from, is it Moderna, yeah. is looking very, very promising. So now we're up to two vaccines, and I think a third one is really close to being shown to be super promising. So, man, maybe... Maybe hopefully I, I I've been so stupidly optimistic, Pollyannish throughout this whole thing. I actually said this would be over in April, the last day of April. I kid you not. And Jose, you were always looking at me like, "What? Are you? You're such a dumb." No. And uh, yeah, I I don't know if you actually thought that, but no, no. You, I, hopefully you were because man, was I stupid. Well, you know, to be fair, I was Pollyannish too. I thought we'll be back in August, and now I'm like. No, 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 no. We're coming back August 2020. <laughs> you, I thought that you were really on it. Like, no, I think it'll be 2021 by the time you came. So maybe I was wrong on that. But yeah. I knew it would be a long time. I didn't realize it would be this long. I didn't realize the whole school year yeah. would be gone. Yeah, no doubt. I don't know. Do you think that, oh, yeah. See, the vaccine is going to take a long time to take. You it's going to come out. All kinds of different subgroups before it gets to us. Yeah, it'll come through phases. Yeah. Teachers, I believe, are phase two. Oh, is that right? right yeah. On. Phase one is like all the frontline people, the nurses. I think mm -hmm. it's even elderly people. And But, I mean, we are such an important facet of the economy because people can't go back to work when they have to watch their kids. And that's why people are pissed and want their kids back in school. Right. And maybe our whole uh, our whole profession has been elevated finally to the status it should be. We exactly. do a very very difficult job, parents. We have thirty of them. Don't forget, not just two or five. Oh, I know. But it, that's part of it too. Is you know we are in these Zoom lessons, and I look out at my students, and I see some of them holding their little brothers or sisters in their oh, arms. Man, or you know they're like. They'll put in the chat, Mr. Rodriguez, I need to go help my brother get logged into their Zoom. I'll be right back. Yep. It's like, oh, my God, these kids are doing so much they're personal saints. stuff. They're saints. There is yeah. no getting around it. They're beautiful, beautiful people. And uh, if there ha aren't really bad negative effects coming down the line from this, I'd be very surprised. I just saw a report where it was saying something like, oh, I forget the age range, but basically from like, the youngest being like three years old to like a teenager, they're just having a huge spike in stress, anxiety, depression. Yeah. There, there have been suicides, young yep. people. Yep. Oh, gosh. It's got to end. There is a, I won't say who it was, but they work with either somebody that I know saying, well, as soon as election's over, it'll go away. <laughs> I know, right? How ironic. The biggest spike we've had right after the election. And that this spike is going to, it's not going to peak for at least another week or two or, or a month. So is a theory behind that comment that this is a media conspiracy to get Trump out of office? Yeah. This was a teacher who said this. Wow. I expect teachers to be more scientific. Yes. And that just, just broke my heart. Oh, you'll have to tell me after this who it was. Yeah, I will. But, um, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna throw anybody. Uh, I feel like it, but I'm not gonna <laughs> throw somebody under the bus. Because that's so dumb. <clears throat> but it just okay. Uh, you can edit this out. But when you have people that you know who've had loved ones die, like you mm -hmm. do, and you, uh, they get pissed yeah. when somebody says it's all hooks. Yeah, and they get pissed. And you, man, it's amazing how fast people hate Trump who used to love him when it's. You know, it hits them when it hits their home, when it hits their loved one, and when somebody they love dies. It's just, you have to yeah. put yourself in their shoes, I feel like. Yeah, and, and, you know, his wife's grandparents died of COVID. 
they live down in LA, both of them within, I believe a few weeks of each wow. other. So, yeah. And, and, you know, I've seen these cases where it's like, my father was a Trump supporter and he believed Trump that this was all a hoax. And then he continued going to these gatherings at the Elks or whatever and got COVID and was dead within, you know, a week. Yep. And I feel like I, we both used to say in this show, what are going to be, I mean, there hasn't been any really bad practical effects, bad consequences from Trump. We now know the mm -hmm. bad consequences are thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, but probably tens of thousands of deaths because Trump refused to push a national policy that kept people safe. Mm -hmm. Incredible. What would you okay? So if I had to guess, how many would people? you say like a hundred thousand people? Yeah, I would. I would put it right around a hundred. So we were. Or what are we at? Two hundred fifty thousand. We're at two fifty. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say at least two two fifths of that yeah. could have been prevented. If you look at the awesome um, mm -hmm. countries around the world, at least that number. Yeah, mm -hmm. especially Asian countries in New Zealand and, and Australia, just kicking ass. I would say at least that number. Yeah. Yeah. But no America problem. is not set up at all to deal with stuff like that. We are way too individualistic. Yeah. And I think I said that back yeah. months and months ago on this podcast. I said, there are going to be the libertarians. There are oh, going to yeah. be the individualistic Americans who are going to be like, I'm not wearing a mask. Yep. I'm not going to shelter in place. And, and I mean, there's no doubt that that definitely benefits us um, in normal times. It's just too bad we can't switch that idea off during times we have to, you know, band together mm -hmm. as a society and do things societally, but eh, we can't. Yeah. There's no sense of community. No, no. Of like obligation. Yeah. You know, I wish that Trump would have from the start, and I think he could have won the election. Of course, he marched still. <laughs> Joke. But I think that if Trump put it as a competition between the states, mm. the southern states are so competitively oriented. And they, like, they're nuts for football, for instance. If Trump just said, all right, we're going to find out which states can have the lowest you know, ratios of deaths from mm -hmm. COVID. Oh, I just totally think we could have saved thousands and thousands yeah. of lives. Make it fun. I think, yeah, that, that's too logical for him, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, because he spent so much time saying, this is all because of the blue states. These are the Democratic, Democrat governors. Yep. He, this is just New York and California. No, it, it hit our big blue states because the big blue states are where the population is. Right. It's where all the urban, dense populations are at. Yep. And so now we've seen where it's trickling into the rural red areas. Yeah. So like my cousin lives in North Dakota. Oh, she she has COVID. Yeah. And incidents is isn't it twenty percent or something nutty like that? I think that it's higher. Right it's crazy. And she got it. And, and she texted me and said like something like Trump lied. COVID's real. I have COVID. And I'm like, well, no. Sherlock, Are you just getting that. I'm like I'm looking at posts on. Instagram and Snapchat that you're making and you're at the bar and no one's wearing masks and there's yeah. music and everyone's singing and drinking. Sheesh. This is why it's off the charts because no one's taking it seriously. Nobody will ever say, oops, sorry. They always say, yeah, I kind of thought believe that I was all with the game. No. And the yeah. other group of people, oh, do the Swedish policy. Do oh. the uh, herd immunity policy. 
hey, man, look at the new stats in Sweden. They are not good compared to very similar countries right next door. Mm -hmm. Denmark, Norway, Finland, kicking ass compared to them, death-wise. And you have to think, if we do herd immunity, it's going to take longer, and you're looking at, like, millions yeah. of deaths. Yep, exactly. What's, what's the cost there? Well, people never think it's yeah you got to pretend like it's your own father mother who died yeah. you have to so i just want to say this though cheers to biden being the president-elect heck yeah Woo. oh thank goodness well, thank we God. talked so much about this moment we did on this podcast we advocated for joe biden and just getting rid of trump oh man and yeah. just things have not gotten i mean they've never been nuttier right it's crazy. This is the nuttiest. This is, we always talk about surrealism, mm -hmm. and right now it is as surreal as it gets. Yeah, the whole idea that Trump is tr going to court, which Republicans are reminding us he's perfectly within his rights to do. No, sh we're not talking about a right, people. But he's going to court to challenge certification, to overturn legitimate votes. He's sowing the seeds of doubt, discrediting our elections, the integrity of our results. This is a threat to democracy. This is never. Ha this is not Al Gore in Florida wanting a recount. This is a president trying to overturn the will of the people. Yeah, I like the tweet that I just read recently. The guy who won by millions is waiting to find out if he's the winner or something like that. It's yeah. just like, oh, what a crazy system we have. Yeah, he. I think Biden, President-elect Biden, is ahead by 5 million votes yeah, in the five million. popular vote. Oh, gosh, we got to get this changed. Biden just recently said that he's, at least supposedly, this is all hearsay, that he's not going to go after Trump. I would love to hear what you think about that. I mean, if there is definite uh -huh. proof that he's been dodging the law for years, especially with his taxes, mm -hmm. would you go after him or would you say, ah, you're just kicking a hornet's nest? I think we need to. I mean, how do we not? I hate to be vindictive, but it's like, I want to send a message. It's, facts? it's not, yeah, that's what people think. It's vindictiveness. It's not. It's not. I think we need to send a message to future people. If you run for office and you have all of these you know, conflicts of interest or obvious crimes that you've committed, financial crimes. People don't think of financial crimes as being crimes. They are. Oh, gosh. White-collar crimes are crimes. And they affect people maybe more than a lot of other uh, physical crimes. Right. So think about everyone who, you know, paid tuition at his quote-unquote university or contributed to his right. charity. Yep. People die because there's no money for medicine or there's no money for this or that or there's and marriages dissolve, et cetera, et cetera. Ugh. So I, I don't want to see Biden just kind of do a general pardon like Gerald Ford. Yeah. I mean, unless he wants to be a one-term president. <laughs> yeah. The, the, I mean, I shouldn't say this because Republicans are constantly disappointing me. But the thing that disappoints me most is that they're just – it's so bla brazen, their suppression of the vote. And they're wanting less – who wants less people to vote? Right. I mean, that just doesn't make sense. Who would want less people to vote? Who would want to put only one polling booth or polling collection site per county, for instance, like the Texas governor just recently did? What a what – a, how dastardly. Yeah. I think I read an, a stat that said the last eight elections, Democrats won seven of the popular votes. Yeah. Oh, that's true. It's and, it's, crazy. and that's why they don't want people voting. The right. more people who vote, the more likely it is the Democratic candidate.
We'll win. Yeah, and the whole absentee ballot. Uh, ballot. Explain why Republicans were so wrong. You said that so well to me yesterday. What's that? About uh, why they're freaking out that all these late uh, late counts are coming back to Democrats. I mean, it should be obvious to everybody. Oh, it should be obvious because Trump spent the last few yeah. months telling everyone that you know mail-in ballots, absentee ballots, would be just filled with fraud. Yeah. So he encouraged his voters to come out to vote on election day. So that's why on election day, uh, we all went to bed like, oh god. Oh, I was. I, I just turned it all off. I didn't really listen to anything for a whole. I guess it's four days after that. But then that next morning, a lot of these states have these quirks in their rules for ballot counting that say yeah. you can't count early ballots until the next day, the day after the election. Right. And so once those states started counting ballots, states like, you know, Michigan and Pennsylvania, then Biden surged and overtook Trump. Yeah. And Trump states. was playing on the idea that it was going to be confusing to a lot of his um, followers and, or man, I got to stop saying followers. I'm going to start saying cultists from now on. Yeah. Because this is now, I'm convinced, a cult, the, 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 especially the, the nutty followers. Did you see, by the way, that in Georgia, 20,000 Republicans voted absentee in the primary and then did not vote at all in the general election? What? Yeah. It, that it was enough to win Georgia. Wow. I think. I uh -huh. think that was enough. I think that's more than enough. So Trump totally might have shot himself in the foot. But yeah. by convincing people not to, to vote by, by mail. That's what's so crazy. I listened to the, well, I have been listening to the Lincoln Project oh, love podcast. It. Love it. They're going to continue. It looks they, like. they need to. Yeah. They, were, they did great work during this election. One of the points they made several times was they were banging their heads against the wall because so many of them spent years training Republican voters to vote by mail. <laughs> I know Trump voted by mail. So exactly. it's horrible. And here he is doing it. I don't get it. And then it's like, it's so ironic. They spent all these years doing that. And along comes Trump and says, don't trust mail-in ballots. Vote in ah, person. It's just nutty. It's nutty. Oh, man. You couldn't write it. Like, we keep on saying that. And then he was acting so surprised. Like, how is it possible for Biden to start winning after I was clearly winning on election night? Well, dummy, they started counting the mail-in ballots, yeah. and they were going to Biden so like obvious. 70 to 80 percent. Yeah. And of course, all the people that I know voted by mail this year. Yeah, so did I. All, every, I don't know anybody that actually went in. It was my first time. I yeah. actually dropped, you know, I, we got the mail-in ballots. Yeah. I dropped drop off box. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my okay. first time. Crazy. So... Let's take off some of the things that are going to change supposedly like within the first week. For me, like Paris Accord is going oh, yeah. to change right away. That yeah. is gorgeous. Um, we're going to get a probably a pretty darn good education secretary. As teachers, we love that. And oh, get yeah. rid of what's her DeVos. Betsy oh, DeVos. Lord, that's going to be beautiful. Yeah, and I think also we can probably see that the Iran deal yep. will be back on. Come back, yep. Thankfully, and right now there's all kinds of saber rattling because uh, Trump only has I don't know what two months now to um, to get Iran mm -hmm. and uh, God if he does something nutty right now to get us into a major war that would suck. Well, I think people like my brother, my other brother, not my brother Jesse, have said, "Well, Trump never started any wars, uh, but he's destroyed alliances which have put us in danger." Right. Yep. 
for I, potential I, war. I mean, and I'm very happy to say I love that about Trump, that he was always getting us out of wars. And just yesterday we find out that he's going to draw down troops in Iraq and Afghanistan to 2,500, I think, in yeah. both countries, which is I think is beautiful. And if you do believe in the industrial military complex, you've got to be happy about that. Um because this is this not the longest war in American history? Oh yeah, yeah. the longest. Yeah, uh, we went to Afghanistan two thousand two or one one. Yeah, right, right away, huh? Yeah. yeah. So from two thousand one to now twenty twenty, it's almost twenty years now. Yeah, let's get those guys home. And I think that the the troops on the ground are in favor. I don't know about mm -hmm. the higher ups, but um, so that's good. Yeah, and I don't I don't have a problem with that per se because I I agree it's it's been too long, and at a certain point it's like okay. We got to take the training wheels off. Yeah, and this all goes back to Bush. He is the one who knocked over that first domino. Yep. So everything that's fallen after that comes back to him. And what a crazy series of events after that domino! Mm -hmm. Holy smokes! What a disaster! And thankfully, the smart Republicans are willing to concede that point, in including Trump. Which I mean, mm -hmm. we are not Trump locos. Which we, I mean, obviously, even a dumb can make some right calls and yeah. he has in that case i i think totally so what's the deal with black and latino votes increasing for trump though i don't get yeah that. see that's the, the thing hell? i don't understand well in florida it made sense because he played up the whole socialist communist rhetoric okay and a lot of those cubans have ill will towards cuba and castro and socialism in general so when Trump played that card, he was able to sway those voters into his camp. Yeah. But I mean, when you're looking at the election, 87, almost 90% of voters, of black voters went for Biden. Right. So for Trump to pick up like an additional 3%. Not much, right. It's not much. be making a big deal. But, but when you're talking about an election that's this close. It does make a deal. You're right. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. The the largest Hispanic county in the United States along the Mexican border in Texas, I think that they went more for Trump than Biden. I don't know. I shouldn't. No, they did. They, they did. were they along did. the Rio Grande. Yeah, right. Exactly. This is the first time. That shocked the heck out of me. I mean, so Trump is going to bend you over mm -hmm. and just get you good, and you're going to vote for him? Yeah. I don't get it. I think it's the older generations, maybe more socially conservative, yeah. anti-abortion maybe. Yeah, there's that. And the whole, I think that uh, the Republicans were good at tying Democrats to socialism. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, a lot of you know Latinos have seen how bad Venezuela's gone, how bad Cuba went, right. and, and they just are super scared about that. And again, social, a lot of Latinos are very socially conservative. They did not like the... They don't like gay marriage. They don't like the acceptance of LGBTQ. Or I, I don't even know yeah. the, the whole acronym yet. Yeah, yeah the alphabet soup yeah. <laughs> that Dave Chappelle referred to. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. No, I, I agree. They're socially conservative. And so there's, yeah, Democrats have taken for granted for so long that they have the, the yeah. Hispanic vote, the Latino vote. They have the, the black vote. And, um, I think Trump has shown that there's there's some room for him to, to the Republicans anyway to expand into those demographics. Yep, I agree. Now, so do you think Trump runs again? Oh, for sure. You're kidding. I think he's running again. That scares the living daylights out of me. If he doesn't end up in jail or something. Exactly. I mean, and that's what they're going to cry. Oh, you just put him in jail so he doesn't win again. And he totally could win again. 
There's no doubt about that. It was too close this time. Yeah, I couldn't believe it was this close. I uh, I can't say it enough. I don't think our country's on the right track. I don't I don't know how to be you know, nicer about it. It's it's a horrible thing to say, mm -hmm. but our country is going down the tubes. It's really bad. And 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 we talked about this before, but it's I think part of it has to do with the media or that we consume. So like you and I, we read a lot of you know media sources, a lot of media outlets, personalities, journalists, columnists, opinion people. We get a wide variety of on both sides, right? You, yeah, yeah, conservatives, and I do too. I'll read the Wall Street Journal. Sometimes I'll tune in and I'll watch some Fox News. I'll try to tune in for the Fox News like reporters. Yeah, we read um, and watch Democrat and mm -hmm. uh, left leaning shows for the facts and we watch right leaning stuff as comedy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it, but the scary thing is that now Fox News is not even conservative enough. It's oh, not pro Trump right. enough. That's now crazy. People are flocking to One American News Network. They're going to Newsmax. These these organizations are seeing their numbers increase like dramatically. Yeah, that is crazy. Fox News not being right enough mm -hmm. because they called Arizona right. for oh, Biden. Yeah, a lot of things. One of the persons I watch, and he doesn't even write his own stuff, is Dredge. But he's always been known as conservative. This year. And I always am going to wonder how much this had to do with the with Trump losing. He went really strong against Trump towards the end. Mm. Towards the last four or so months, there was a serious – and Trump called Drudge out. And Drudge has got serious following of conservatives. Yeah. But that was really nice to see. I hope that it continues. And, and, and you know, watching Fox News clips on, on the Twitter and on Facebook – it's been interesting to watch the actual journalists on Fox News clash with the talking heads. Oh, yeah. One lady's like, oh, my goodness, we all know that mail-in ballots are fraud and there's evidence. Of it. And this guy's like, nope, that's not true. The Trump campaign has said that they wanted to have their, um, their poll watchers there. And that I guess they're being asked to provide evidence for something that they say they weren't able to even participate in or to be able to see. And so that's, I think, where they would say, that needs to be rectified, if it could be. That's not true. It's not true. It's just not true. It's we just said it's false. <laughs> they finally grew some balls and are calling a spade a spade. Yeah. Chris yeah. Wallace has been great. Oh, Chris Wallace has always been. On Fox News yeah. Sunday. Yeah. And Cavaluto, Giovito, I can't remember his name. Oh, that guy, Cavuto. Cavuto. He yeah, been really... somebody out the other day. And he's a conservative dude. Yeah, it was, yeah. So uh, I don't know if it's the Murdochs, because I've heard that now that the younger Murdochs have control, mm -hmm. they're putting pressure for them to be more reasonable. And I think that, I, ho I hope it's more than that. But I, I'm, my cynical self is saying it's just the younger folks uh, putting pressure on, on Fox to be more realistic. That'd be nice. Yeah. But because of that, people are leaving Fox. Their viewers are finding the so crazy. People. Yeah, where are they resorting? So it's Newsmax. I've never. So I'm not to start um, reading that Newsmax. I one American know about News Newsmax. Network. But yeah, so One America. Yeah, they're basically just propaganda outlets. They're right. not even news. It's just propaganda. It's all, and it's all commentary, right? Mm -hmm. It's very little, just pure news. Yeah. Oh my lord. Sheesh. But Trump is on. Trump's out there doing tweets. You know, Fox News is the enemy of the people. Go watch One America News. So but, does Trump, in your opinion, finally concede, or does he just never concede? Doesn't go to the inauguration, just 
is a crybaby the whole time. Yeah, he never concedes. I do think that the process will move on without him ever conceding. He won't go to the inauguration. He won't be gracious. Will Republican higher-ups um, finally, in mass, go to him and say, come on, dude, you're no. being a child? No, because they need his voters. Right. This is crazy. And this is, what, this is what Obama talked about recently on his 60 Minutes interview recently, was he expected Republicans to be the adults, and they never were. You know, we shouldn't be surprised. Trump said the whole time he's not going to, he totally said the whole time he's not going to um, abide by the results. Mm -hmm. So, but it was such an outlandish statement that we were like, oh, come on. He's just saying that. We should know better. And I mean, we, are. we probably did, but I was like, yeah, he's just saying that. Of course, he just, he, he always does the evil things he says he's going to do. Yeah. And, you know, he said he would, he could go out and shoot someone in the face on Fifth Avenue. People well, think that's a joke. It's not. He, maybe he didn't shoot someone in the face, but he sure as heck caused thousands and thousands of deaths with the coronavirus. But I, I absolutely believe that if he shot somebody in broad mm -hmm. daylight, there would be a very substantial proportion of Trump lovers who would totally back him up for that. For sure. And there's, there was that kid who went to that uh, rally, that protest, and he shot some people. Yep. And he was, was James Rittenhouse. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he was extolled as a hero. He, absolutely. Crazy. So I'm super disheartened because I love, and, and I've tried to go away from him. I love Nate Silver and 538 and mm -hmm. the whole polling, scientific polling and using all this polling, but they f***ed up again. And yeah. I'm, I'm trying not to ever believe them again because I believe them. They had Biden way up in certain states, especially Florida. Yeah, They are making lots of excuses right now, and some of them kind of work, but. I don't know. I'm bummed about polling. The most yeah. salitan, or I can't remember, one of the most conservative uh, Trump-loving polls was the most correct. Really? Yeah. It was sad. I think someone was saying that it's because they undercount Trump voters in the polls was the problem. Yeah, but they supposedly baked that into their polling this year. Yeah, and we saw the polls were way wrong. Yep. And I, I saw a Nate Silver tweet. Something like, on January 20th, 2021, I'll still have a job. And a oh, lot of people shit. commented, like, you shouldn't. <laughs> I, I, uh, I love him. I, I'm probably still going to, because he does make a ton of pithy points. But I'm pissed, man. They yeah. got to gotta err on the side of Trump next time. So we're not just yeah. heartbroken. That's why I went into this election just assuming Trump would win and then just be excited when Biden won. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I'm excited. That's a great way of doing it. I'm yeah. super excited. So let's cheer again. Let's cheers again. Yes. I don't have any beer in my glass, but it's okay. I have a can, not as good as a glass. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want another one? Now? No, it's no, okay. Thank Sorry. you. Woo! Go Biden. Go Biden. Thank goodness. And he's gonna be a moderate and and that's just fine with me right now. Yeah. We need to see what we can do. I don't think the Republicans have any intention of, of working with Democrats or being centrist or moderates or, no. or wanting to move forward. But, hey, you can at least try. Yeah, that's the goal. Move the ball forward. Yeah. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. All right. So as we 
finish up, we have one last segment. Each week, we like to discuss one thing we're watching or reading or listening to. So, Joel, what do you have this week for us? Dude, I have so much because I've been gone, and I'm just going to go through uh, it really fast. I'm sorry. No worries. Adrian Lenker is the lead singer of um, A Big Thief. I brought up that band before. I love the band. I love her. She just came out with a, um, a great album. I don't remember. I think it's called Songs. Go check it out. Borat is awesome, but only if you've already loved Borat. People are panning it. I love it because before it was like, ah, yeah, this could never happen. Now all this craziness from his shows before is actually, it's just real. And it's crazy. And it's just like, oh my gosh, we're living in such a surreal time. I just loved it to death. I can't can't recommend that enough if you want to really get into surrealism. Um, Queen's Gambit. Have you heard of oh, this show? It was you, so good. Oh, I mean, you watched it. It makes me want to play chess more. Oh man, was that? I couldn't turn. So it was so dangerous, man. I couldn't turn it off. Um, I was hoping that it would be real. I looked into it. It's, it's not realistic. It's based on a novel. Yeah. yeah. South Park number one, new season. Oh, okay. Let me just tell you one thing that happens. They must be doing drills or oh, like man, something. We're getting ready for. This is like the most dangerous time internationally, you know, when countries who hate us are are waiting for us to to let our guards down. Okay. All right, so so uh, South Park number one. Let me just tell you one of the premises. Mm-hmm. Police, of course, the teachers um, they're not going to teach, and all the police have been fired. So police been become teachers, and there's well, let me just say there's bloodshed. Oh my god! I mean, it's just it's perfect. It's just it's just it's more perfect than South Park is ever. And then I just want to end with like some of my favorite Christmas albums. This year, I'm listening to Christmas albums way early mm-hmm. because I need it. Vince Guaraldi, that whole Charlie Brown Christmas is beautiful. Ventures. If you guys need a rock Christmas album, check out the Ventures who have that surf rock vibe. Uh, Sufjan Stevens is got mm. just the most sweet, beautiful tender Christmas album like he always does Uh, Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass if you want just happy happy super just make you happy from the from the start check out Herb Alpert Tijuana Brass's Christmas album Trio West for pure jazz Christmas the Muppets and John Denver such a great especially if you have kids at home Swingle Sisters do sort of instrumental stuff with their voice and that is, if it's not too hokey for you, it is so beautiful. And then, um, and that's all I have for Christmas albums. Those are the ones that I've got on my playlist constantly right now. Not the Mariah Carey all I want for Christmas? I do not, <laughs> will not, no, I don't mind that actually. No, um, we, we started Christmas early this year. We're yes. bypassing Thanksgiving and going into Christmas. Heck yeah. And what do you yeah. normally, is it um, not cool to already be listening in um, mid-November, or what's your policy? Normally we start day after Thanksgiving. Yes, that's okay. We're in fist bump. Fist bump, boom. Yeah, and I, didn't, I actually got mad before, but I've changed my policy this year. This year is an exception, Yep, I think. Yeah, we all need Christmas. Heck yeah. <laughs> so for me, for me, I um, we also watched Queen's Gambit. Yes. It's making me want to play chess. Oh. Loved it. Have you played any computer chess? I used to. Get ready to get your butt whooped because computer chess now is... Is, is, is advanced. Is advanced, yeah. Well, if you want oh. to play, yeah. Well, they could always kick people's butts, but now it's amazing. So one of the videos I watched on YouTube was a breakdown, play-by-play, piece-by-piece of that final... Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. 
match between Borgov and Harmon. Oh, I can't wait to watch that. It's, I'll send you the link. I'll put it in the show notes. He literally goes piece by piece. And you see how she starts with what's called the Queen's Gambit. Yes. That's where the pawn moves, I believe, two spaces forward from, I think it's D4, Queen's 4. And um, then you just see all the moves that go, 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 like... Then they respond with their pawn. Did it make and sense to you as a non-chess player? So it didn't at first, but then when I watched this video and the guy broke it down. Oh, that would be fun. So you got commentary. Commentary? Well, this guy, he pulled up like a mat. And he was able to digitally like move all the pieces. So you could see all the moves. You know, that was so great about that show. That show actually was real chess. Yes. The moves that they made were smart. They weren't just dipshit. Like you watch basketball movies, and it's so right. stupid if you're a basketball player. Lay up and slam dunks. Yeah, it's just dumb. Well, and, and Christina pointed out, well, yeah, that's what happened in the, in the show. But again, this is a major spoiler. But I'm sorry to anyone who has not watched Queen's Gambit. This is a spoiler, but I have to say this. At the end, I didn't realize that Borgov just resigned. He did not get checkmated. Okay, because did he? was he for sure doomed or because not? Because he saw what she was doing, and yeah. he knew that within like three yeah. or four moves, yeah. she would checkmate him. Awesome. She, he saw ahead of time, he saw in advance that she was cornering him. Yeah. Because if you notice, she had just gotten her pawn to his side of the board and it was queened. Right, yeah. So she now had get two, she basically had a queen and a rook and a bishop. Yeah. And so he was, he realized like there's no way out of this. You know, I, if I'm not mistaken, that was totally foreshadowed, uh, that, that move that she made earlier in the um, series. See, in episode one. Yeah. When she goes to the high school, yeah. the, one of the teenagers in the hallway turns to her and says, have you ever tried Queen's Gambit? It's yeah. such a great move. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. What a great show. So good. And, and then just the, 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 the high points to me were actually the chess games, which yes. would, for most people was super technical and stupid, but they were enthralling. That was that's the magic of the show. Yeah, they just enthrall you with chess. Yeah, who knew? And the gal who played Elizabeth Harmon was oh, very man. intriguing. She was gorgeous. She was such. She just she underplayed things. She, she was definitely she was on wreck. the spectrum. Yep, she was on the spectrum, but she also had social skills. <laughs> yeah, I know some some. some. Yeah. So yeah, I recommend. Yep. Yeah, Queens Gambit, and then of course I'm watching season four of The Crown, and it's amazing. Ah, Princess Diana, yes. And I have oh. to say, I'm watching, and I want to like scream at everyone. I want to scream at Charles and Camilla. I want to scream at the Queen. I want to scream at you know Margaret. I even want to scream at Princess Diana. Yeah, like get over yourself. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to watch. I love that shit. But I, it was, I, I'm so stoked to be able to watch that. So good. I think I can see where like Prince Harry yeah. would watch this with Meghan Markle and just oh, be like man. soaking it all in. Like, yes. yes, our family is horrible. They have a pattern of screwing people over time but, and again. Yeah, but what a great uh, thing to sort of rebel against. Yeah, so, for sure. Real quickly uh, before we go, Mandalorian, have you been keeping oh. up or not? Yes, it's the other show I've been watching. Mandalorian has been yeah, amazing. Every Friday, it's just like, I can't wait. Yes. And they're including all these like Star Wars, Clone Wars yeah. animated series characters like yes. Bo-Katan. And then I'm assuming in the next episode or the episode after, um, Ahsoka Tano. And uh, awesome. See, I don't even know who the hell you're talking about. But the most recent trio, mm-hmm. oh man, they kicked ass. It's oh, so yes. cool to see those powerful guys. I've got like, uh, my father-in-law bought me a, a Baby Yoda from Costco. Yes! It's like a little... 
Baby Yoda doll. <laughs> he hasn't busted out his powers lately. I can't wait for him to do something yeah. magical. It's going to be interesting. Yep. Yeah. So that's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us on our humble little podcast. Please do us a huge favor and subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts like Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, iTunes. And please be sure to rate our show and leave a review. We love reading them. Your rating will help others find the show. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Instagram at Conversations on Tap. And thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Hopefully we'll keep this going. Yes. Cheers, Jose. Ooh, cheers. It's hard to... Here we go. Cheers. Oh, here we go. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you, Joel. Welcome back. That was fun. We're back, everyone. <laughs>